Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home. Live inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith. So good to be with you once again on The Way Home. Well, today I have a friend who is an actor, a working actor, which is great in these days and times. You know, being an actor and actually getting gigs, it's its not all that easy. But this is a gentleman by the name of Rich Henkels, who actually didn't start his acting career until he was 55 years old. And boy, he has done so many projects, so many commercials, TV shows, you name it. But he has just done, for the first time ever, produced and acted in his own pilot for a series, which is called Workforce. And I have watched this pilot, and boy, oh boy, is it interesting and exciting. And I'm so happy for him. He's winning on all sorts of uh, the festival circuits and uh, getting re- awards for it. It's it's a unique piece. It's a, it's a time in history that wasn't that long ago. If you can remember back to the Great Recession of 2007, 8, 9, 10, I think it lasted, something like that. And it's a real depiction of light, life for uh, people sort of in the um, the sector of manufacturing, factory workers, and people who were just living the real life of what it was like at that time. And it's really beautifully acted. It's super interesting. And there's a real sort of kind of uh, scary undertone that goes with it. Um, very, very interesting stuff. Workforce, the pilot, be looking for it. We're going to be talking to Rich Henkels, who is also the founder of Actors Think Tank, which is a wonderful supportive group of actors who helps each other in every way they can. It's all started in the pandemic and it's still going strong. And they've just uh, made their own film as well that's going to be going into the festival circuits. So we're going to hear from a working actor what it's really like to commit yourself to something like that later in life and to really live your dreams. It's possible whether you're an actor or you're a welder or you're a painter, whatever it is, your dreams can come true at any age. It's all brought to you today by Balance of Nature, fruits and veggies in a capsule and the whole health system. They are a wonderful company that is growing by leaps and bounds because people are hearing about the goodness and the purity of the fruits and vegetables in the capsule because they have nothing else in them. And it's impossible to find another product like that unless you go to the supermarket or the farm stand and buy the vegetables yourself and chop them up and eat them to the tune of like many cups of raw vegetables and fruits a day. But that is something that most of us As much as we aspire to do, we don't always make it every day. Balance of Nature has made it easy, and they've put it in a way, you know, Dr. Howard had to do years of research to figure out which are the vegetables that truly um, work in concert with each other, which fruits work best together, so that when you have them, you get the most impact nutritionally. He had to figure all this out, and he did it at first for just family and friends, to give them a supplement, something that would help them with their diet and and make them flourish um, in a way that multivitamins created in a lab just aren't able to do. In fact, you know, they're not good for you if you take too many of them. Balance of nature, I'm happy to say you can have as many bottles at a, at a time as you want and you will never have a bad side effect from that because it's nothing but pure nutrition. It's food and nothing more. So this is a, a product that is truly life-changing on so many levels. And for your opportunity to try it 
and get in on having it shipped to you once a month so that you have your 10 servings per day just by taking three and three of the capsules. It's so easy. Just go to balanceofnature.com, balanceofnature.com. That easy. And when you order, you can put my name into the promo code, Laura, L-A-U-R-A. You're going to get 35% off your first preferred order and free shipping. They also have a phone number that you can call. And it's easy to remember. So I'm going to say it here twice. 800-2468-751. 1-800-2468-751. And when you talk to the lovely person on the phone, tell them that Laura is the promo code. And they will know that you heard it here and you'll get your same discount and free shipping. So it's all about balance of nature and the goodness that comes from the earth that's meant for you and your body and your soul and your mind. And when we come back, a guy who's gotten that all together, Rich Henkels, actor, producer, and so much more. Don't go away. This is The Way Home. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Today is a day that we get to talk with someone who's been on the show before, but so much has happened since then. And since I first met him, which was smack dab in the middle of the pandemic, and I'm trying to think now how exactly we got connected, but I'm so happy we did. Rich Henkels is a working actor um, all over the United States. You see him on uh, TV commercials and film and pilots and he just he does everything but he's also co-founded something that he i don't think expected to grow the way it did um he started during the pandemic called the actors think tank and so we'll catch up with him about what's going on with that uh and uh this incredible pilot that he has produced called Workforce, the pilot, and it is uh, making its way around the circuit of all those uh, wonderful film festivals and getting a lot of traction, a lot of accolades, winning awards. And so I'm so excited to have back my friend and actor Rich Henkel. Thank you. And producer. Sorry. Uh, it's all right. Thank you. I'm, I never expected to be uh, putting producer behind my name, but uh, uh, in this business, I found that you have to, they, they call us multi-hyphenates, Laura, in case you ever <laughs> wondered, we're called multi-hyphenates now. Multi-hyphenates. I love that. That just just gives you all the possibility in the world to be whoever you want to be and do what you want to do. And I'm so glad that this new hyphen has provided you the opportunity for this uh, this exploration into something that you hadn't thought about before. But let's let's talk a little bit about, as I said, working actor, you do commercials and such. Whenever we talk, you're getting ready to go to an audition. How's work right now? Work is consistent. It's not phenomenally great. It's not like I'm getting hit over the head, but I'm so focused on multiple things that um, I kind of take the breaks from the actual acting work to take advantage of the other things and push them forward. Uh, I'm always taking classes, too, so it's important. That if, if, if you're not actually working or auditioning, uh, you take classes. And every casting director and every casting or acting coach in the world will tell you, your job is to audition. Getting an actual job is just a bonus from the whole thing. Mm. So I'm doing all of those things, but I've been very lucky. It's been a it's been a pretty good year, mm. and um, I've had a chance to do some fun things. And I've been down to Florida a little bit to visit my girlfriend, and I've seen some of my kids. And you know, all in all, it's been a good year. And I, really, it's been good since um, the beginning of last year, beginning of 22. 
uh, things just slowly started to pick up as as the grip of the pandemic let up. Yes, yes, which was such a oh, it was such a, a relief. Um, so, t- what uh, projects that you did this last year that we might be able to see you in or recognize you in? Um, really, mostly just commercials. Um, there's there's a few of them out there. There was one that I did through an agent in Salt Lake City that was uh, it's a Medicare commercial that's now making the the rounds in I guess nine different states. Uh, kind of an interesting little thing. And my, you and I have seen each other, our faces. So, uh, and I have a face for radio, by the way, but not true. The whole, the whole, uh, spokesman world is kind of in my wheelhouse. And so that's a Medicare spokesman job. And I am also, a, I, I have commercials running in, in Philadelphia, Baltimore, the DC area for a couple plumbing companies and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of different things out there right now. And, uh, a lot of my energy really is going into classes now and trying to push workforce the pilot. And, and then uh, most recently we produced a film through actors think tank that we can talk about too. So, Oh uh, my goodness. So, so many projects, so little time. I think the commercial that I always see you on is that Tommy John. Is it Tommy John? Tommy copper, Tommy copper. Sorry about that. Tommy copper. And those are those, what are those shirts that have like the thing in the, to keep your back uh, in They're- alignment or something? No, it's actually they're copper infused and copper apparently uh, interacts with your nervous system in a positive way. So it takes away stress. And uh, I did that commercial a long time ago and they're still running it. They're running it on the, the major networks, CNN, ESPN. I've seen it on Fox. I, th- I think I've seen it on ESPN. Yeah, I've, I've seen it on Fox. Out there. Um, and, uh, but there's another one that's still out there too called Rebath. And that's a bathroom remodeling oh. company. And I, yes. I think that's still generating. And there's a few others. It's uh, it's all very funny, though, when it comes up. And you never know. I'm always getting texts or emails from old friends saying, oh, I just saw you on such and such, you know. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. and But you know what? Hey, it's a, it's a great way to make a living. It's a lot of fun. And if you're one of those who are fortunate enough and talented enough to be able to book these various gigs, then it's just great. You know, it, it never gets boring, right? There is if if I'm bored, then I'm sleeping. And even okay. that my dreams sometimes aren't very boring either. So <laughs> no, it it's there's never a dull moment. And I think if there was, I probably wouldn't have gotten into it because I, I need it's you know, I need uh I need to constantly be moving. It's just the nature of who I am. Uh-huh. And so when how old were you when you started to do your acting? Was it as a child or as an adult? Well, the truth is I really did start, I always say double nickels, 55. Um, I did it in high school and I loved it. It was a lot of fun. And most people who were who knew me in high school thought I would probably go on to theater and stuff. But when I was in college, I got into sports casting and I started doing radio work. So I spent 15 years in TV news. So being in front of a camera has never been an issue or a concern or, and I'm obviously not shy. You know that pretty well by now. Um, but I never really got into acting until in my mid fifties. I, I, for a lot of different reasons, I decided I needed to make a change in my life, and this became the change to make. And uh, and it was the best thing I could have done. And I'm a new man. I've met better people that I people I really treasure my relationships with. And uh, and more, most importantly of all, my kids don't see a dad who was frustrated and angry and complaining about his job. They see mm-hmm. a guy who's taking full responsibility. That's what I wanted them to see. Yes. Well, and you went for your dream, really. I mean, it's something that we all 
um, kind of aspire to do and uh, whether or not I, I know a lot of people who have them but think it's, you know, really t- either too late or they're not really cut out to take those uh, leaps of faith and things like that. But I think that um, the people who do, um, they never regret it. They never look back. And, you know, it does. It changes their life. I know a lot of not a lot, but I know a few actors who really didn't get their start until their 50s. And and very successful and doing a great job. And I think there's something to be said for um, exper- life experience. You bring that to the table as an actor that you don't have when you're just starting out when you're 18 years old or whatever. So oh, that's my excuse anyway for still getting work in media at my age. So I'm sticking to it. I think but- that's 100% true. And one thing I'll add to that is, is that the older you are and the more life experience you have, um, the more realistic your expectations are. I didn't expect to get cast into a feature movie in, in, in a year. I mean, or a lot of other things. I, I, I think I came into this realistically. Therefore, everything I do now, as I said earlier in a conversation you and I had, everything is a marathon, not a sprint. Uh-huh. My expectations are realistic, I think. Let's, let's hope I'm still saying this in, you know, five, ten years. <laughs> right. So, but do you, you did get a feature film in your first year? No, I didn't. That's my point. I didn't. Oh. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have been utterly disappointed. Right. And that's painful for people. People hate. I'm reading a, a book now, and it's all about expectations. And uh, and it's like if you set the right expectations, your life isn't wrought with disappointment. And if it's not wrought with disappointment, it's wrought with what? Possibilities. Mm-hmm. One's much more attractive than the other, right? Absolutely. So here you're kind of living out your dream. And in many ways, it sounds like in all aspects of your life and family and love and and work. And you started, as I said, the the actors think tank during the pandemic. Um, so you you helped to keep the dream alive for a lot of other aspiring actors and working actors in that group. And um, that grew. So are you still meeting once a week on on actors think tank? Yeah, we absolutely are. In fact, uh, this very week, we have a uh, casting director from Los Angeles who has cast uh, countless network episodics and countless films and indie films. I mean, I spent 20 minutes on the phone with her yesterday prepping for our session. And uh, this is the kind of thing the industry is so kind. If you demonstrate that that your your motives are true and honest and, and ours are. Uh, our group is 32 strong, and every single one of them is committed to their career, committed to their craft, and more importantly, committed to each other. And it is through that that we all grow. Well, I absolutely saw that. I've, you so graciously invited me to speak to the group during the pandemic, and it was such a wonderful time. They were such a beautiful group of people. They were so open and welcoming and smart and talented. And I was I was just so impressed by it. And I was impressed by how you ran that group. And I thought how fortunate they are to have each other uh, during this incredible time of unknowing and and fear and just so many things. And you were like a bright spot and you still are. So here I thought that maybe after the pandemic, you know, waned or whatever, that actor's think tank might go off into the, you know, uh, you know, into the sunset. But here you are. You not only are you still meeting once a week, but you're stronger than ever, and you just made a movie with that group. 
Yeah. Tell us about that process. Tell us what that movie was. Well, we had a guest, Megan Foley Mara, and uh, Megan and I chatted after the session. And she said, you know, Chuck, her husband, they they have uh, uh, Foley Mara Studios. You know, we take actors and make movies and films so that they have real material and so that they have things to submit to film festivals and if your group is interested. So uh, fast forward. Uh, I talked to the group and about 15 people originally were interested and, and had the time and it whittled down slowly, but surely because of schedules and, and we went all the way out to LA. So five of us ended up going to LA for a week and we filmed it. And uh, one of the members of actors think tank, let us use their house as the set uh, Justine Reese. And it was unbelievable. We, we rearranged her house and, um, except her bedroom and her bathroom and, and the kitchen was, was largely left untouched, but it was really, really fun. And, and, uh, Chuck Mara and Megan Foley, um, made just every effort to make it work. And they wrote an incredible script. Every member in the group wrote. So they're going to be multi hyphenates. They're writers, producers, uh, and actors. And it is a film noir mystery. So uh, we hope to have it done and be submitting it to film festivals uh, as early as May, if things go the way we oh hope. Oh, my goodness. What a wonderful thing. What an opportunity. And I just, oh, I just give you so much credit for taking that difficult time and turning it into something so beautiful and so for for people like a guiding light that people in the acting industry that was such a hard time you know i was able to continue working in radio from home so it didn't affect my career but i was thinking about but one aspect of my career was i used to have to go to events and do live videos with companies and things like that and that totally stopped and that was a huge chunk of my income at the time totally stopped and so i can imagine for actors no auditioning no showing up on a set. What do you do? And so you, when you created Actors Think Tank, are, are people still allowed to join or is it now a closed and final, oh, finite? No. We are always open to taking on new members. Um, they need to be committed people. We always ask for a six-month commitment. And the six-month commitment is is not to, you know, lock in somebody, you know, for the dues. It's $50 a month. But here's the reason why we have a six-month commitment. Because we want people to be committed not just to themselves, but to each other. And there's also cost involved here, administration. You know, we have a website, and every time somebody comes in and goes out, we have to change all these things on our website. And and the people that are doing the website are, most of them are doing volunteer things for us, you know. And, uh, you know, 50 bucks a month, this is not a cash cow. This is, we use the money to pay for stipends for gas sometimes, and everybody gets an Actors Tank mug, which I think you have, right? I, You bet I do, and I love my Actors Think Tank mug, because it's black. And I thought when you sent it to me, I was like, why is he sending me a black mug? <laughs> and when the, when the liquid goes in it, your coffee goes in it, the Actors Think Tank lights up. It's so cool. I love yeah. that mug. <laughs> so we have to pay for that, you know? And uh, But uh, we've had some really great new members. Um, every now and again, after a year or two, somebody will drop out. They're, they they got other things going on. And, you know, life is transitional. We Ideally, we're, we're 32, maybe 33 members. I can't remember the exact number. I ideally would like to get to 40 or 45 because mm-hmm. then our guests are always going to get 25 to 35 um people in a session when they join us because we know that they want to meet more people too, especially casting directors. We're a golden opportunity for casting directors because they may not have seen these 25, 30 people. 
that's what we really want to do. And then, yeah. um, and last but not least, the professional aspect of it is probably uh, something that I just don't think you can overstress enough. And that is, you know, when we have people on, we treat them with respect and, and the follow-ups are not, you know, we're not a bunch of people that are just going to email Laura Smith 500 times until she responds. We're professionals that are going to recognize the value of your time. And our guests have been very responsive as a result of that. Well, it was a wonderful experience. I felt very grateful to be asked to do it, honored to, and just absolutely loved the experience uh, top to bottom. So that was absolutely great. And Bill, we'll be looking forward to hearing about that movie uh, that you're going to be finishing up uh, with your editing and producing and then sending out to the circuits. Now, speaking of that, let's talk about your new pilot called Workforce, which I have to tell you, I watched one episode and I was so mad because there I wanted to see the next one like immediately. <laughs> so this is a really interesting concept. This is one that you said you were asked to produce. You'd never produced before. It's called Workforce. When you told me the name, I'm going, Workforce. Is that kind of some military thing? I wasn't. And then I was like, no, wait a minute. Workforce, like the office working. Uh, what an incredible kind of slice of time, I would say, watching it. Because I know it takes place during the Great Recession of not the 1930s and 40s, but 2007, 2008, that time when when our country was really in a bad place and and everything. So this is when it takes place. So there's there's this grittiness to it. Uh, tell us about Workforce, the pilot. What is the the whole essence behind it? Um, besides the fact that I, I just loved it, there was something there's something unique about it. And I know that it's really getting some great attention on the festival circuits right now. Well, it is the the brainchild of a gentleman named Joe Fenico. And Joe Fenico is a 70-something former HR executive. He spent 40-some years working as an HR executive for multitudes of companies uh, in the greater Philadelphia area, mostly in New Jersey, manufacturing, um, healthcare. I, I can't even remember. But over the body of the last 25, 30 years of his career, he would go home and, and write up these, these ideas and concepts and things. And he is the guy who wrote Workforce. And um, fast forward to January of 21, uh, Luca Kundo, his nephew, calls me up and says he's a member of Actors Think Tank, calls me up and says, Rich, I want to send you a script. Take a look at it. And I said, OK, great, I will. Well, the script was Workforce. As you said a moment ago, I had no desire to be a producer. And he says, what are we going to do with it? And I said, I don't know. I'm an actor. What do you expect me to do with it? You know, but he goes, well, we ought to do something. And I said, well, you know, let me think about this. And I think my my 15 years in TV news kind of took over in the moment there. And I said, let me get back to you in a couple of weeks. Because when I, in TV news, when I did that for a while, I, I remember getting ideas and then automatically going to, how do you make this visual? And how do you make this happen? Well, that's what I did with Workforce. And I had just finished working with um, a guy named Phil Corda, who ended up being the director of Workforce. And I also ended up working with a guy named Danny Belinky, who ended up being the uh, DP and a director of photography for Workforce. And I bounced it off those guys. And they both were like, this is an awesome script. How, what you, how are we going to do this? And I said, I don't know. So we went the whole nine yards trying to raise money, did a sizzle reel, couldn't raise money. And then in the end, um, and I know this story could go really, really long, but the, the truth is if my father hadn't said to me, 
six weeks before he passed on. You know, if you're going to invest in anything in your life, Rich, invest in yourself. Then workforce never would have happened. He said that in July of 21, um, my father died early September of 21. And mm-hmm. I pulled the trigger and put the money behind it on January 1st of 22. And we shot it at the end of February, early March of last year. We had it fully produced. We did some um, pickups in May, uh, added a couple of short scenes to augment some of the storylines that were in there, and then had it ready for film festivals by August 15th. So it was the quickest turnaround. And people in New York and people in L.A. have told me that the turnaround time for what we did with the budget we had, with the quality we delivered, is absolutely phenomenal. So that's how it came to be. The story to me is riveting because nobody's ever done anything about that recession on film or TV. I mean, it's, it's like forgotten. Nobody talks about 2007 to nine when people were losing jobs, losing mortgages, losing their fortunes. And desperation was everywhere. I mean, I, I had family members. I'm one of 12 kids. Several fam- members of my family had real challenges. I remember I lost most of my nest egg. You know, thank God the, the years following that were, were good. And mm-hmm. but nobody have you ever seen that on TV, that period of time? No, it's it's kind of hard to imagine. I remember it. But, you know, the the slices of time of that period are hard to remember. Just that I just remember the desperation around the housing market that really stepped out at me. But it obviously affected everything. And what workforce it kind of covers is. Uh, manufacturing and the 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 blue collar worker and the the white collar worker, but mostly the blue collar worker, people in manufacturing, people in the factories, Americans who you know would go to work every day in these big factories. And yes, you're right. I haven't seen anything like this. So yeah, all it, the stories were woven through that. Everything from people losing jobs to people maybe losing jobs, people having health care issues, people losing their mortgage. Um, People trying to, and by the way, that leads to family stress. So we've worked in family dynamic stories into the series. So the pilot is just the tip of the iceberg. And underneath it is 14 more episodes that are fully written. So should we find a production company that wants to team with us and a distribution company like a Netflix or Hulu or somebody who sees the vision of this, I think we've got something really, really special. It's gritty. It's real. And I think the production quality of it is absolutely astounding for the the money that we put into it. And even beyond that, I think it looks like a million-dollar film, and it wasn't a million dollars. Yeah, which is incredible. And you look like a million dollars because let's tell everybody, you're the, the lead, the protagonist in, in the series, and you play such an interesting character. And I, I, there's only the one episode that I've seen. Um, it's actually the, the name of the episode, which is your pilot workforce. The pilot is called You're Hired, My Condolences. And it's, it's kind of funny, but it's not because there's a creepy undertone to this whole thing from start to finish. It's not the office, everybody, because it is about the workplace. It's, this is not the office. This is something much more real and something that there's, you feel like something bubbling underneath that you just can't quite put your finger on it. It makes you uncomfortable, but it's interesting and seedy and exciting all at once. Very cool stuff. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And Rich, 
I I loved you. And I'm not just saying that because I'm interviewing you. You were phenomenal in it. And it's just like it was made for you. I, I think, you know, it's a character that you don't often see. It's somebody who you like, but you see their flaws, but you still like them and you want to like them, but you have your doubts and all this. You put all these nuances into into that that role um, of the the character, and it, it's super interesting. And there's a really great cast um, of, of people from all, just really unique characters in it, and I just think people will love this. I am, I have, I am so clear. I am so clear that one of the big ones is going to pick this up, whether it's Netflix or Hulu or what Amazon, any of them, because it's just. It, it's good. It's really good. And how does that feel to be out there? All of a sudden, you weren't a producer. Your dad gives you this advice, invest in yourself, and boom, you go for it. And now you said you've gotten really great response from the, the circuit. How many how many outlets have you sent this out to? How many festivals? And Well, we are, uh, and, and be, before I answer that question, I do want to say this, that I'm nothing without that casting crew. They were just phenomenal. And I told you, we had a very tight time frame. We were very strict with people. Um, as everybody in Actors Think Tank will tell you, I'm a stickler for the rules. If I say cut and paste something into a subject line and reply, I mean cut and paste. And, and that's the kind of detail I think is necessary for a, a large enterprise to, to run smoothly. And we were so fortunate because everybody involved in workforce did it. And on the days on set, I, I stood in front of everybody before each shoot day and I said to them, from this moment forward, I'm Anthony Scolari, who's the lead character. Do not come to me with questions about production. Do not come to me with anything else. They allowed me to immerse myself in the character. So mm-hmm. we've been so fortunate with such a great group of people. And then, so when we put it into the film festivals, I, I just didn't know what was going to happen. So I did three things. I shot for the moon. Sundance, you know, everybody's going south by Southwest and Santa Barbara Film Festival. And, and I tried to get into Cannes, but there's not a category for us in the Cannes Film Festival. And then, um, and then I shot for some mid range ones, which are, you know, still well known, but not as big as those. And then I, I went for some, I guess, lower lying fruit because I, I know it's important to be re- acknowledged and recognized. People want to see the laurels. People want to get awards and things like that. So we, we covered the gambit. So, in the end, I think I've submitted to like 140 or something. Um, we've, we're still waiting to hear from maybe 50 of those. But of that 80 or 90 that we have heard from, our acceptance rate, official selection rate, is over 70%. Mm-hmm. And we've won awards from 70 to 75% of those that have selected us. So, And those awards go from best ensemble cast to best director to best new director to best actor to best supporting actor, uh, best composer, uh, honorable mention for best poster, uh, you know, um, best supporting actress. I mean, it's just been really, really eye-opening. And so I'm, I'm just kind of keeping my head down and keep telling myself it's a marathon, not a sprint. It'll happen in the time that it's supposed to. Somebody just needs to hear this message, take a look at it, sit back, let it, you know, let it resonate a little bit. Because if you let it resonate, I think the story, it's so gritty. It's so real. And it's part of our history. So how do you not embrace it? Yes, it truly is. And like I said, I'm, I just, I'm champing at the bit. I need to see another episode. <laughs> okay. I have this brand new giant television that I bought for my new house and I want to see it up on there. 
Rich Henkels, you are really a force of nature. Starting your acting career at 55, you don't look it except for your silver locks there and your beard. Um, truly a wonderful, inspiring story for anybody who is searching within themselves to take that leap of faith for whatever their dream was, no matter how long you've had it in your heart. Go for it. It's so worth it. And you are living proof of that. And I wish you every good thing. I know we're going to see workforce uh, really take off, but be looking for it, everybody. Rich Henkels is the actor and director and producer and um Workforce, the pilot, be on the lookout for it because I have a feeling it won't be long before we're going to be seeing it on our streaming services. And good luck with more of uh, success with Actors Think Tank as well and all that you're doing. Just my goodness, you're an inspiration. Thanks so much for for sharing so much of your yourself with us today. Thank you, Laura. And uh, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. You 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 bring out the best in me. Ah, uh, well, I think that has everything to do with you. Thank you so much. And uh, to everyone who wants to see Rich online and look at his body of work, Rich Henkels and uh, Actors Think Tank. If you're an actor and you want to be part of something that you can do remotely, but really commit to and to really hone your craft, Actors Think Tank and be part of a supportive group. That's the way to go. Thank you, Rich Henkels. Thank you, Laura. Have a great week. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back. Hi, here's a minute of purpose, improving your life 60 seconds at a time. Meditation is a proven way to reduce stress and improve your daily life. But a lot of us can't do the traditional sitting still thing. So here are some alternatives that will provide the same kind of peaceful state. Crafts like knitting or crochet can clear your mind. Studies show that the repetitive motions are akin to the benefits you experience in yoga. Mindful walking is another alternative form of meditation. Simply focus on each step you take and how you breathe. You can achieve mindfulness and get your exercise. You can even reach a meditative state while doing household chores. As you vacuum the floor or wash the dishes, keep your attention focused on what you're doing. So, if traditional meditation techniques aren't for you, try these other ways to a more peaceful state of mind. This has been your Minute of Purpose. Find more now at nowwithpurpose.com. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, if you're like me, hearing the fact that 645 billion plastic containers are found either in landfills or our oceans every year. You're going to want to hear this conversation. Brad Liskey is my guest. He is the CEO and co-founder of True Earth, which is a global household cleaning products company and that focuses on biodegradability, excuse me, focus on biodegradability and the elimination of waste. And his team is doing everything they can to steer us in a new direction. Brad, thank you so much for joining us today on the way home. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. That is a staggering number. I I mean, it, it truly blows my mind. And I've been worried about plastic for so many years. And living in New York for many decades, you know, it was a it was a big deal that we had to recycle our plastic. And then I moved to the Midwest, and uh, people do, but it's only sometimes here. And you know, different states have different um, you know policies based you know, on on their environmental standards and stuff. So 
I just wonder, you know, it's hard to imagine that anybody can make a difference. Are you and your team actually doing something about this? I know you are, but what is it? <laughs> yeah, and it's really our customers that are making the difference. That's why we call them true change makers. They're the ones making the difference. Because the alarming stat is is that, you know, according to a latest report from Greenpeace, that only five percent of the plastic we generate actually gets recycled. So, kind of the the illustration that can't leave my head is that every three minutes, plastic pollution, the weight of a humpback whale. Gets dumped into the ocean every three minutes of every day, and and that's what we're focused on is that full eradication of single-use plastic in the home. We don't, we don't need to have it anymore. Well, that's what you know. I was wondering. I, I I'm so diligent about cleaning out my plastic containers and just hoping and praying every time I do that it is actually going to some type of recycling plant. But only five percent is ending up there. And I did hear a report the other day that. Um, a lot of places aren't recycling the plastic because they're contaminated with food. And I just think, what in the world is the solution? So what are some of your wonderful, you know, ideas that are going to help us move towards a different, uh, just a different model? Yeah, I think we have a saying here that it will take many small hinges to swing this very big door, and, and each one of us can, can be a hinge on that door. So and it starts in the home. And, and we need to look under the, you know, the kitchen sink and in, in the laundry room and take a look at, you know, just to, just if we looked at the cleaning products, let alone everything else, you know, we can we can find a better way to do it. We launched with a, a laundry detergent that eliminated the use for the big laundry plastic jug. Now the detergent can come in a sheet in, a, in an envelope. But the newest innovation was their dishwashing detergent where we've been able to create a, a tablet without plastic packaging or without that individual little packaging. There's other great eco-swaps, as they're, as they're called, happening in the world. You know, I saw an ad on social media the other day for that for your uh, laundry detergent, and I was I was just so excited about it. You know, I guess I'm probably like an average consumer. Are these products as good as the ones that we're used to wrapped all up in that plastic? Well, and that's the the beautiful thing about what we did was you can try it for yourself. You know, there's a there's a money back guarantee on it. We we know that we've got the right amount of detergent to do the job of cleaning our clothes. You know, most of us don't go sliding through the grass every day or, or get blood all over our clothes every day. So we don't have to really nuke our clothing with so much, so many chemicals. We can, we can actually just use the right amount of detergent to do the job. That's terrific. When did you become, um, you know, like a, a warrior for this, for this movement? Uh, you know, I was in the, it was, for me, it was the, the mid-90s, late-90s that I got into uh, recycling before municipalities kind of had it as a necessity. And there was no market for recyclables back then. There's still no market for them now. So the passion started then, uh, but True Earth started in 2019. So growing up or raising my kids, uh, you know, it was something that was, kind of in our in our DNA here in the family and now I'm fortunate enough to lead a great team of change makers to that are making a big impact on the world. It's really it's exciting, it's comforting and I personally want to thank you because 
whether you're a staunch environmentalist or you're one of those that say, oh, you know, it's not that big of a deal, the fact is our our earth has way too much, you know, foreign product on it, whether it's plastic or styrofoam or anything else. And I'm just so grateful that uh, there is a generation that started to truly find solutions, not just rail against the machine, but really find the solutions. And it sounds like you have. And where can people find True Earth? Yeah, and, and thank you for that. You know, definitely uh, on our website at, at True.Earth, and that's tru.earth, is where you can find it. You can sign up for a True Change newsletter to get deeper dives on the environmental issues as well. Um, but also the 6,000 retail locations around the country to buy the product So and join the movement. You know, we believe that there, it isn't about, you know, far left environmentalism or, or, or it's about the, the main part of us in the middle that just want to make one change in one room and do our part. You know, we don't, we don't shame anyone for, for what we're trying to do. We add humor to this whole, this whole dark issue and we're trying to just work together because in it together, we can make a massive impact. Indeed, that's the way it's always been. And but Brad Lisky, you've found a way to to market that, package that, and truly make the difference. Thank you so very much. True dot Earth, everyone, and it's T R U Earth. True Earth. Those are the products that are making the difference, along with Brad Lisky and and his company. Thank you so much for joining us today on the way home, and for all you do. Thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it. You are listening to the way home. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, if there's one thing I have learned about working with these guys, it's that it makes me feel good every single week. We work together, we have fun together, and we we tell good stories on the air together. And so that's the part of the show. This is the part of the show, I should say, uh, where we do just that and to... For that, we go to the guru of good news. His name is Jim Cleefield, also known as Jimmy Dean in my book. What do you have for us? Your stories were so great last week. I was thinking about them the whole time with those dogs, uh, you know, getting lost and finding their way back to the shelter and ringing doorbells and all right. that. Good thing. I mean, it was just it just up lifted me to the point where I was thinking about it all week long. And that's what you tend to do. You tend to get stories like that that stay with you. So I know that this week is going to be no exception. So why don't you go ahead and hit us with story number one? I certainly will. I'm going to start in Nebraska. How about that? We're going to say about a high school football player uh, who had a very traumatic childhood, but has turned his life completely around. I don't know if you heard this story or not, if you've done it on your news, LJ, but I want to tell you about it. His name is Malachi Coleman. And what happened was about 12 years ago, he and his sister were left on the side of the road by their biological mom, and she never, ever returned. And that was not the end of the story, but that was a very rough situation. Well, they ended up going to foster care, these two, and they spent several years there before finally being adopted by a loving family. Unfortunately, though, not before they suffered years and years of abuse. You can't imagine the stress they had. Well, here's the great news about this kid. You know what he's doing? He's turning his life around. He said, you know, if I ever play in college, he's a college uh, high school football player. He says, if he ever gets 
profiting from the name, image, and likeness known as the NIL that we hear in college football circles all the time. He says he wants to make other lives better. Well, guess what? He is now a star receiver at his high school in Lincoln, in Nebraska. That's the capital there. Lincoln High School, Lincoln East. And he's going to be playing high school football for the rest of the play this season. He's going to play college ball at the University of Nebraska, the Cornhuskers of the Big Ten. It's a wonderful story for him. And he said he wants to use his star power in the community, again, to help others as as a result of playing college ball because he went through such a very tough childhood. But now he's in a much better place um, happily, mentally, physically, you name it. And uh, he just, it's just a wonderful story. And there's a guy named Steve Hartman that's sharing the touching story on, on the road. You can find that uh, in Google somewhere. But I think this is great. From where he came from to where he is now, it's a total 180. Wow, that's incredible. What do, so what some, uh, you know, people endure, it's, it just, it, it boggles the mind that people are able to somehow come out the other side through all the suffering they go through and and still become the best versions of themselves. It really, truly is. I'm so happy for this young man and hope his sister made it out okay, yes, too. Yes, I hope she's okay, too. Yes. Oh, well, thank you for that. That's a that's a great story. He'll probably go on to be a big star in the world. He might go play in the NFL. Who knows? Yes. And and pay it back the, the whole way. Um, yeah, wonderful stuff. What else do you have? Well, it's a wonderful, heartwarming story in South Carolina. A family just raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for a 72-year-old pizza delivery driver who unfortunately had a very bad fall not long ago at a house that she was making a delivery was on the front porch. And this was uh, in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. It happened earlier this month. 72-year-old Barbara, that's her name. We don't know what her last name is, but she fell on the front porch and the heart just hurts for her. I mean, the family just couldn't believe what had happened. Well, here's the thing. Uh, a woman had decided to raise some money. Lacey Caron is her name. And she decided, you know, I want to make it better for her. So they put something on TikTok about what had happened, showing some kindness. They started a GoFundMe page to help raise money for her. Well, guess how much they raised for this woman to make things better, make her life better? How does $263,000 sound to you? Oh, my god! Not only to help with her medical issues, I'm sure, because she got hurt very badly, but it's so much better now that she has decided she just put in her two weeks notice. As a matter of fact, recently she's going to retire. And that brings to mind a story. Do you remember a while back we did a story of a woman who was 82 years old working at Walmart, I think was a cashier or something. And she had trouble standing up and uh, a woman randomly saw her say, you know, I gotta, I gotta get some money for her because she shouldn't be working this job. Right. And they raised all this money and she retired. That's what brings that to mind. uh, Something like that. Isn't that incredible? I mean, they must have had, she must have, I don't know what happened to her that, you know, that they would work that hard. So it must have been something really bad, but yes. oh my gosh, that's incredible. So, she, so she's retiring, I guess. He's going to retire. Yes. Up there in years and probably had delivered just a lot of pizzas over 72 the years. years old. Good for her. I'm dying. Yeah. Just, as I said, just what a little kindness can do just goes a long way. And we talk about this all the time in this show, but it's just another shining example of what, how good humanity is. Uh, just when when people do kind things like that in the world that we live in, it's just we need more of these kinds of stories, LJ, because it just it makes me feel good, makes you feel good. And it's, I'm just happy to talk about this each and every week. And, you know, the other thing is, it's that if you look at the people who end up starting these funds for other people that are suffering and such. Now, you have to be careful because some of them, you know, actually do it with nefarious, you know, uh, intent behind. But. For the most part, it is truly people who take that one step further uh, when it's when they can to to alleviate the suffering of somebody else. They just go one step further. And that one step, that commitment 
to saying, you know what, I want to do something for somebody and I want to do something for that person. It snowballs into something so big, but it's really interesting how so many of us have loving hearts and, and we help people all the time. However, when it comes to something like that, when it's for a total stranger, basically, and it's taking that one additional step to saying, I'm going to change the life of someone I may not particularly know that well, unless maybe they knew her a lot because of pizza, but just anybody in this situation. And they take that step and they really make a difference in someone's life. And that's really where I think 99% of human beings truly are in their hearts and their minds. Those are, that's humankind is really more like that than anything else. And it's just, that's why it's so important that we hear the stories. That's why we do this good news section on the way home every single week. And we get you to do it, the guru of good news, uh, Jim Cleefield, because it, it's a great reminder when it feels like everything is going to heck in a hand cart that there is so much beauty going on. There is so much giving going on. There is so much transformation like that young man, um, the football player. It's just truly, you know, it's what we need. At least I know that it is for me. It's what keeps you going because if you think that everything's gone awry, um, you start to lose hope. And when you lose hope, you lose your momentum. And so we don't want that. That's why we do the good news stories. And I thank you for always finding uh, the stories and relaying them in the way that you do that um, make them stick into people's minds as they go throughout their work week. Like last week with me, I was thinking about those doggies, uh, you know, the stories that you did that just warmed me so much and they yes. stay with you. So that's what we do. So thank you so it's much. It's good for therapy that. for us, right? It's therapeutic for me. I'll tell you that. It is good therapy. And I thank you too, Bob, always. You're good news to us because you always make the show happen without you. It wouldn't, you know, the good news wouldn't get out there. He's the glue. Thank you very much. <laughs> He's the, Jim's the guru, and you're the glue you. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bad joke, we'll say farewell for now. Um, have a wonderful week, everybody. Lots of love, good health to you, safety, and remember to keep looking for those good news stories in your life and sharing them with others. Have a great week. See you next time. I'm Laura Smith. Laura Smith.